because they show this Batman trailer it was so good and then they say that it's not coming out until next October October 2021 which I'm already pissed about I'm not pissed about Robert Pattinson getting COVID that sucks and I love him but now when's the movie gonna come out 2022 this asshole catching COVID well did it say how he caught it did he like Uh, specify no but uh I bet you some like weird method acting kind of deal. He's like, because I did read like a headline that this that his Batman is gonna be dirtier and not like sanitary. I think that was the actual word they use. Like, san- he's not gonna be sanitary. So <laughs> oh, I guess like, he, boy, did he take it literally? Yeah, he's just licking uh, subway poles and uh, licking sidewalks, going yeah, to just like Batman people. Yeah. Yeah, uh, unknown fact about Batman, he licks people. He's like, oh, oh, can I lick you? I am vengeance. <laughs> that was so good. No, that was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, wow. I just wanted to hear more. I am vengeance. I am vengeance. How does it. I'm thinking of, like the Nolan version where he's just like. <laughs> wow, is he is he in the room right now? Is Batman here? <laughs> I will lick you. Whoa, actually that wasn't bad. I'm not I'm not just saying that. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> it's like he possessed my body. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Well, Robert Pattinson, I hope you feel better. Yes, I do. And actually, I wouldn't mind if you licked me. Okay. <laughs> and on that note... Welcome to Young, Willing, Eager. I'm Zoe Mann. And I'm Victoria De La Concha. And on this episode, we have a cool announcement. Um, maybe even a little bit crazy, but we are now going to come up with our million-dollar TV show idea in 10 minutes. Fuck yeah. So we're going to use generators. Um, I have a start a scene improv generator, um, which will give us a sentence and an emotion. And Victoria over there has a genre one. Um, yeah, so our line is, where do you think you're going? And our emotion distracted and for our genre slice of life okay okay so like a quiet movie about life and a slice of that life well when i think slice of life i think of like a kid-centric story coming of age yeah like a coming of age story and like boyhood that's what i was thinking of you know like something like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so where do you think you're going I'm thinking like our protagonist is distracted doing something dorky and where do you think you're going is like a bully saying that to them. Oh, what if, okay, so what if the kid is like really into like rocks and like nature and stuff and he's kind of like, he's like digging because he is just into that kind of stuff and the bully is there, right? But this kid accidentally like hits like soft earth and like fall straight into the ground and the bully even though they're kind of a jerk sees this and is like i like i have to do something so he kind of like jumps in after him and they fall into like some kind of big important thing that's going to change their life forever so both the bully and our protagonist fall Mm -hmm. into this kind of like earthy cavern that has blank in it a Starbucks. <laughs> Actually, that'd be interesting. They go into like this w- new world and there's a coffee shop there, but it's like they're underground, but it becomes like a, um, like, do you remember that episode of SpongeBob where Squidward's in like the nothingness? Oh yeah. You know? That scarred me. 
So, like, something like that, where they're not really, like, in Earth anymore. Even though they're in Earth, they're, like, in this weird other dimension. Like, they almost fall into another dimension, and everything's just, like, black. Like, there's just nothing except for this Starbucks or coffee shop just in the middle. And when they go in there, maybe there's, like, a version of God in there or a version of the devil or as, like, disguised as a barista. Or, like, a demon, or okay. some sort of creature. So, they fall into the literal underground, or the underworld. Um, oh. And, yeah, and it's like, um, I'm just picturing, like, nothingness, and then, like, a cool visual of this coffee shop just chilling in there. Uh, and they go inside, the bell rings, and they're like, oh, welcome to hell. You want a mocha latte? <laughs> hell would have a Starbucks, and they always get your order wrong, and they always spell your name wrong. Yeah, capitalism. So in this journey through hell, these two enemies must become friends. Yeah. In order to survive. <laughs> this I, I don't know how it fits slice of life, but honestly, maybe it just <laughs> makes them appreciate the little moments, the simple moments that they had in life. Yeah, I think we already surpassed the slice of life thing. <laughs> <laughs> a slice of deadness. Right, a slice of death. <laughs> oh, that's the word. <laughs> and, um, so... They start out in the coffee shop. They, you know, they get their shitty order. And, um, how do they, how do they get their way back home? Do they even want to go home? Do they like well this version of I hell? I think, I mean, I don't want to pull, like, a good place, but maybe they don't know that it's hell at first. You know, like, um, maybe they fall into the Starbucks and the demon's like, oh, here's some, like, free drinks. And, like, oh, you can get anything that you want. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's get this and this and this. And they, you know, just eat and drink everything that they want, they could possibly want. And then he pulls, like, the demon who, whatever, the barista, like, pulls a lever. And there's a whole other world in the next room. And it's, like, what? And it's their biggest desire. So it's, like, maybe for him it's, like, a chocolate, a room full of chocolate. And the other guy, it's, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, his favorite football team is there. You know, something like that where yeah. it's, like, their biggest desire and then, like, after, like, a few moments, they're like, we never want to leave. And the demon's like, good, you're not. And then he pulls another lever, and they, like, drop into, like, actual hell. Oh, so. And that's when they find out that it's hell. They gave into temptation in a very vulnerable yeah. place, and then they got sent to hell. Like, are they dead, or is it just, no, we need to give them something to fight dark. for. Yeah, that's can't be dark. killing I... kids in the right away. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, lesson in life. Uh, don't kill kids right away. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're not dead, but maybe they just fall through, and the demons are like, you know, to themselves, like, "Wow, this has never happened before." What do we do? They're living. How do they get to like our Starbucks? And they're like, "Well, let's make this a game. Let's see if they could get themselves out through our like." through this maze you know, oh my of God. temptation and uh you know it could be slice of life where you know they have to they put them in situations that they would get into up on earth in different levels of their life and they have to make the right decision or the wrong decision or to get out right and then you know this would be a serialized series that kind of follows like what the consequences put them in and um, they end up learning a lot about each other's situations because even though they're both being tested in a way sometimes it will be a character a episode and then other times it'll be a character b episode yeah exactly and um yeah through that you learn like the our protagonist learns that the bully was bullied himself you know that kind of thing and Mochi agrees. He loves My cat it. is going to pay and fund this show himself. Give he loves it so somebody. much. All right. So we have like about three minutes left. Um, so who's our protagonist? Who are they? Yeah, let's give them some 
adjectives. I see. So they're sweet. they're a little geologists in the making. Smart, sweet, caring. Um, his name is Derek. Derek's a good. Or is name. it? A, do you want it to be a guy? It'd be interesting if the bully was a girl. Yeah. So, All right. So our protagonist is Derek. Derek. And then... And our bully, she is... Um, what's, like, a harsh name? Fabia. What? Fabia. Fabia? Fabia. Oh, I never heard that word before. Or that name before. <laughs> You're like, that's definitely not a name. It's a word. Is that a name? That, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Though. Yeah, it is. I promise. Oh, that's cool. So... All right. And uh, three adjectives for her mean sarcastic um her um yeah you know defensive redeeming yeah she's just defending herself that's how she feels better about herself because you know maybe she came from like a harsh home life or something you know Mm -hmm. and um name it escape from hell (laughs) no escape from starbucks get the hell out Oh, I like that. <laughs> that was a serious suggestion. Um, uh, black coffee. Yeah. Um, trying to think of hellish baristas. I feel like all our names have to do with hell. <laughs> brew in hell. <laughs> Let's brew hell. Scalding hot. Ooh. No. Yeah, because hell's hot. Yeah. It kind of is sexual to me. Oh. These are kids. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. Um, well, is this a kid's show? Uh, no. Not, I don't really, like, it's hell, right? So, like, what parent is going to be like, hey, do you want to go watch this show about hell? Yeah, that's true. I see it as, like, animated, too. So we could do more with the content, you know, go more out there. Yeah. So. Uh, I like get me the hell out or get out of get the hell get out. Get the hell out. I like that a lot. Okay. Then sign seal delivered. Have... It's yours world. Sign seal delivered. Yes. Get the hell out. Hey. <laughs> hey. All right. So. That was great. I, I, I would watch that. I think there will be a season two. I don't foresee season one ending in death. No, I don't think the kids should die. I don't think any kids should die. I think season two would be like them maybe having escaped and then like they kind of have to cope with. I just saw like the entire depths of hell. Now I have to pretend to be a normal kid. And maybe they escape, but there's one demon who goes to Earth disguised as someone who tries to get them to come back. Right. Drag them back to hell. Yeah. It's very supernatural of us. Mm-hmm. No, but shout out to, like, Jensen Ackles for being, like, one of my first crushes. Oh, good one. Yeah. I hope he's doing good out there. I could say the same for the other guy. What's his name? Jared Padalecki. Yeah, Jared. I mean, he was one of my first crushes too, like Gilmore Girls. <gasps> That's right. Aww, Even though he was a he piece was so of shit on that show. This is really hard. Let me catch my breath If I start to look like I'm sweating well That's cause I am Now it's just a little preview of the wonderful talent that we have as a guest His name is Malcolm Jamal King and thank you so much for being here He's a singer, actor, dancer, writer And he's done national and international tours and not to brag, but even an off-Broadway show. So we're super lucky to have him here today. I hope you guys enjoy Malcolm, because I know I love him. 
And I'm just meeting him for the first time, but hi, it's so nice to meet you. And how are you doing? You're like, your smile is so contagious, by the way. I just <laughs> love, I just love it. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, right? Like, I love this. I really enjoy, like, I listened to um, one of the podcasts already, and I was really enjoying just a lot of the different scenarios that you all are creating, because that really inspires me as a, right? like, as a creator, when people can just kind of take generators and we go down the rabbit hole and allow our imagination to kind of go nuts i i love that right <laughs> the nerd in me is just like oh heart right. thing it's yeah. super accessible for everyone that's what i love about it like these are just free online generators if you have like five minutes you could just make something that totally surprises you and changes your whole like creative project yeah, it makes me think about, right, like, as writers or creators, right, like, if you ever feel like you're in a funk or, like, I can't, like, I'm having, like, severe writer's block, if I just go to the generator and put these two things in, it'll pop something out. And even if that's not what I want, it might help me solidify my own kind of idea, so... Exactly. It's so important to just practice just writing, like, free writing. Like, I do that every night before bed. I just open my journal and I'm just, like okay, what's in my mind right now? Let's just do it. And even if it's complete nonsense, I always make it a point to just write a page, at least a page of nonsense, of just free writing. And it's, <laughs> it works so well. It just gets everything moving. It's yes. so important. Yeah. I love, like, I, I can't, you see right here, Becky, all of these are my mini gajillion journals that I fill up ah, all the oh, time. I yes, swear by them. I have, like, <laughs> I'm a hardcore nerd, right? Like, I don't even, like, the things that end up being published on, like, my blog or website are always written down by hand first before I can even manage to actually type anything. It's like, no, it's oh. going to go on the page. And this is just every day. Wow. Just I'm because I need out. to do that. You guys can't see this right now, but like every single page of like a big ass notebook has from top to bottom is filled in handwritten notes. That's really oh, inspiring. Kindred spirit right here. Here's one of my notebooks. It's not as impressive. I'm only halfway through, but you know, you get like the blue ink, you know, all the page you know, a little list. I love that. Like when you can see like markings on it, I can see like, I love to see that because it shows you're thinking, right? Like on yeah. the page, like, no, this will not do, you stupid bird. <laughs> you are inadequate <laughs> for the expression that I must create right now. I need voluminous anger, righteous indignation, command the stuff. Like it's literally all the things. It's like, I want lightning on a page and if th uh, it's, Okay, I'm done nerding out. I'm no, no, no. I'm, I'm like, I'm drawing it into my screen <laughs> oh my right now. Like, a good yes. footnote where I'm like, you suck, sir. Do not write this. I'm going to do that now. I'm just going to be like, this is horrible. Like, it's like the full of footnotes. I love that. So, well, you know, Stephen King has this, um, he has this book on writing. And I, I brag about it all the time. But he talks about, um, right, like, in his writing process, how, the things that we have on our mind, right? Like the forefront of like, oh, did I get the clothes out the dryer? Is the stove still on? I'm worried about Nana in Columbus, right? Like all those things will be up top in your mind. So if you sit down for a creative task, if you don't attune to those or at least even do like a free write or some kind of journaling to empty your mind out of that, you won't have space for, you know, the elves of Narnia or whatever you're gonna be doing. Right. No, I like that kind of reset. Like. I always say to myself, I want to encourage more word vomit because I think that it's just like the release of like letting it all go, kind of you, you pick out the pieces that you actually like, or even if it's like a total wash, at least it's out now, it's out of you. It's so true. I just wrote like a little pilot Bible for my class and that's definitely, it's just all word vomit. And like, I even wrote to my classmates, I was like, look, I need help sorting through this uh, to let me know if this doesn't make sense. But it's hard for me to edit myself sometimes because it's just like, to me, it makes sense. And it's just like 10 pages of nonsense. But, you know, you got to have feedback it's on that. True. Zoe is the queen of word vomit. I'll give her that. <laughs> really? I want to read some vomit. of your stuff because you know yeah. who word vomits? George R.R. R. Martin. You know that, like, people, I have friends that wouldn't finish the books because they were like, no, fuck this guy. He's legitimately word vomiting for like 14 pages. Like, oh, yeah. the 77 courses of what um, was served at Joffrey Baratheon's wedding to Marjorie Tyrell was just all food, right? It was like mushroom sauce filled with butter and onions and scalloped potatoes while clams of 
like oysters. Like it was just literal like pages and pages just to say that House Lannister is rich and the rest of you all are poor and you can starve on the salted beef and hard cheese that you're having at the wall. Like go. <laughs> <laughs> it, but I was like, no, it made, I, I loved it. But like, I had friends that were like, I stopped reading the book because this is ridiculous. But you know, you gotta like, I feel like a little word vomit every now and then is like completely warranted. And authors, published authors who we love and acclaim do it yeah. all the time. Like Stephen King's The Stand could have been a thousand pages less. Oh yeah, uh, It is like, could have been a lot shorter. <laughs> great book but it's so long chop it down right and he's probably cursing out the editors because they're like hey steven hey steven i don't know if you know but this is like a dictionary we cannot (laughs) we can't publish an atlas like please someone can use this as a weapon publish this atlas so help me (laughs) brilliant book but oh my god (laughs) 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 Woo. Um, so just like leading in to what we want to ask you today, Malcolm, like, I mean, you kind of already touched on this, but what are your passions at this very moment? Like, what are you creatively interested right now? Like, what's your current projects? Just like, give us a little about this. So it's like, part of the problem is that I have ADD. So I like, I will do like one project a week and it'll be like something different. Actually, my last week project is this bookshelf behind me because <laughs> while we've been in quarantine, I have taken up woodworking, um, but then I also like playing my guitar, updating my website, writing my blog, and trying to publish a little bit more consistently on there because I think I have like 11 subscribers right now. Yay, I love you guys. Tell us about your blog. Where can we um, find it? <laughs> so my blog is called Corners of My Mind. Um, the URL is jammastermal.blogspot.com. It's J-A-M-A-S-T-E-R-M-A-L.blogspot.com. It's, I've had it like forever. I've literally had it since like 2007, I want to say, when oh. Google was like coupling them with when you got your Gmail address. And so that's why like I could never change the URL. And I was always like, oh, I should just- is still so catchy though. <laughs> it was like just literally because like Jam Master J, I was like, oh, Jam Master Mal, <laughs> boom, done, did it. And I was really proud of it, right? But, you know, 17 year old me was like really hype about this, whereas like older me feels like, oh, maybe that could have been a little bit less clunky or it shouldn't nah. have been like, you no, know. It no, no, I'm pretty, you know, I always <laughs> think about who I was at 17 and I always just want to give her a big old hug. <laughs> but tell us more about like what you are writing about on your blog. Okay, so my blog typically a lot of it is a lot of social commentary. That's usually where I go to kind of air out my grievances with society. So sometimes it'll be critiques on like specific news stories or things that are happening right now. Um, and sometimes it'll be to kind of memorialize a certain one. So the blog that I just put up last week was um, one kind of mourning the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Um, and in there also, I'm just sort of dealing with the, the, like the impact of Black Panther and what it means to like the Black American community specifically. Um, yeah. I think the one before that, uh, I was like, I had published something we're talking about, right? Like um, about like, it was called Capitalism is Violence. If you talk to me long enough, I'm like, like, a, like a stone throw away from being an anarchist sometimes because I'm always just like, <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. a lot of society systems have like, they're all garbage and they're lies. And so I like that. Like, I absolutely word vomited all over capitalism is violence because it was like, and another thing, and another <laughs> thing, right? Like, and I'm just kind of talking about, right, like that, you know, in our society, we don't always pay people livable wage. We don't, right, like the wage gap for like between genders and between races and ethnicities and even nationalities, right? Like people that, that might be immigrants. Um, that like all of those things create these sort of economic differences in our society, but then we go and say, you're not working hard enough. That's why you're poor. And so that's kind of where I go on there. And I know that I word vomited, but I was like, I felt like each of these words was necessary and I kept trying to chop it down. And eventually I was just like, okay, I'm just posting it, you know? So one thing about you, Malcolm, and for everybody listening, I met Malcolm when I was a production assistant at MTV. And that meant we spent a lot of time in very close spaces, like checking in (laughs) coats and whatnot. And I 
got to hear a lot of his thoughts on like social commentary and whatnot. And it never felt like a chore to listen to you speak on these matters. It was always very like thoughtful and at times like the dark humor popped out and it was just illuminating and fun. And as hard as some of these things are, I always felt like you've really good insight into it. So I really would encourage everybody to go check out his blog. We will definitely be linking it on youngwillingeagerpod.com. So keep an eye out for that too. Hell yeah. I love that. It's like also a diary entry of your thoughts and you know, you need to word vomit on these things, you know, because it's hard not to just talk on and on about it. Cause it's like so upsetting and, you know, and um, yeah, just totally just brilliantly written. Like you're, I love it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your music as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So music is like twofold, right? Like I practice it in like, I guess, two spheres, right? Like some of it is I, what my primary occupation is like, I'm a musical theater actor. So getting a chance to kind of like sing all of these songs that I love, everything from like Disney to Sondheim or whatever. Um, and working on like trying to write my, uh, or not really writing my own, right? Like helping my friend, he's um, writing a show. And so I just had contributed lyrics to a couple of songs. Um, so you're writing a show. <laughs> I am not writing anything. I literally, like, he, like, gave me, like, uh, like some music. They play. He was like, hey, could you put some lyrics to this lyrics thing right here? Lyrics writing is so hard. That's great, though. That I, so the way that I think of lyrics writing is poetry, right? Because I, I write poems, right? I'm a poet, right? Like, so that... Right, like also on my blog, there's some poems, right? They're like, the only, like there are hundreds of notebooks that I cannot find. There are like three or four that somehow spill onto the blog whenever I'm just like, this is a good one, share it. Um, <laughs> but that's how I think um, um, like good music and good strong songwriting. Like when I was teaching, I used to, that was one of the things I, I would never tell my kids, because like there are all these artists they just had never heard of. So I would just take the lyrics and take the artist's name off of it. And we'd spend like, they'd spend days dissecting this and be like, look at this, Mr. King, this is a metaphor for this. This is a thing for that. And you go look right? we're doing theme and all this stuff. Like I think um, great ones that I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with uh, Riley Ritchie, um, Sarah Bareilles. Isn't like Riley Ritchie is, that's his stage name, but he was Jacob Anderson who was um, Grey Worm on uh, Game of Thrones. Um, oh. Two really great albums. Um, the most recent one came out June 26, 2020. Um, yeah, I didn't know he did music. That's awesome. He's fantastic. And like, he's got these really great songs. I, I love his music because sonically, it's, it's, it's different enough from a lot of other stuff in the industry while still giving um, things that we recognize, right? So still giving us sort of this R&B hip hop sound but then also giving us really compelling lyrics where he's talking very openly about, you know, his depression, talking about frustrations with society and, um, and like trying to navigate this space where he feels like there's a lot of pressure on him because he's now famous because of Game of Thrones to have to do this thing or this next thing and people pushing him in all those directions and him as a creative wanting to find space for that. So I, like, I highly recommend um, Riley Ritchie's album. I have chills. Oh yeah, list like list it like he has. There's so many um, like sound bites. All right, there's um, I'm just quoting one right. Like there's one song on there um, where he says it's called the 27 Club. And the 27 Club, right? Like it's all the like those great rock stars that died at age 27. Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse. So his lyric was like, "I feel bad. I never joined the 27 Club. Made a deal. Made a deal with the devil, and then I stood him up." Um, <laughs> uh pay the bill but then still had to run it up still afraid he's going to get to me and, and settle up and i was just like oh what Damn, what like it was it it's like listen to it is i think it's tremendous um but so anyway songwriting right so there's that and so when i write i want to sound like that right but mine ends up I, like i i've um i have like two or three songs recorded on my computer that one of my friends, um, he's mixing and he's trying to like get me to put together an EP. But a lot of the songs that I end up writing are more like soul R&B kind of. Um, and I guess by virtue of the fact that I've been writing them all in quarantine, they all kind of 
like our little heart bleeding in my head. <laughs> so I'm just like, hey, nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people almost need to just like cry it all out right now. We do, right? It's the reason why I loved Adele and Sam Smith <sighs> because it was just like you have this, you know, that like I'm never gonna get too close to you, even though you mean the most to me. Every time I see you, I hear it was like, oh, like it used to just. <sighs> I love all that melancholy music, but I'd be like, oh my God, I'm just going to drown myself in this like sorrow. There's no help. <laughs> Me every yeah. day, like just swallowing my own, just whatever. <laughs> you remember that SNL bit where they were like, are you all having an ugly cry? Oh my God. And then they all join in. And it's just like, <laughs> like, oh, like, oh they're all, everybody's listening to Adele, right? <laughs> He's like, let me photograph you in this light. He's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Midsummer, but there's a part in the movie where, like, a bunch of women, like, get into, like, a pile and just, like, ugly cry and bawl. And I was oh. like, but they're all, like, in these beautiful flower crowns and wearing white. And I'm like, that's the kind of party I want to have when, like, something <laughs> isn't as necessary anymore. We just, like, sit in a circle six feet apart and just start crying. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. It. That's the coven I want to join. I, yeah, like, you're invited. <laughs> yeah, I'm we're all, up. you're here and here, folks. Uh, we're starting a new coven, crying coven. <laughs> Boom, right there. We've already got a name for it. It'll be glorious. But I think, right, like, honestly, I wish that society and, like, our world normalized crying more, especially when you're, like, in pain, right? Like, we've, like, both women and men have been taught that, like, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself, right? Like, you're, like, I'm feeling something deeply, right? Like, I am hurting in a very meaningful way, right? Like, and I need this. Like, the crying is cathartic, Yeah, you know? But Absolutely. people are like, and to not no, be shamed. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Oh. You know, it's good for you. I'm so happy to learn for the first time that you're a teacher um, because I, d A, didn't know that, but B, you've probably helped a lot of kids by like saying it's okay to cry and also helping them find their like creative process. So I was kind of wondering if you could tell us about what's your creative process for brainstorming. Oh, so. If I'm writing a song or a poem and I wanted to like tap into those sad emotions, mm -hmm. I'm crying is probably part of it, right? right? It's probably me locating the emotion and trying to find as many like words for it as possible. And sometimes they will come out, right? JK Rowling style, completely whole, right? Like here's the whole thing and I can just write it and like kind of make snips. Um, excuse me. Um, sometimes also though, like, It'll be that I have to, if it's if it's fiction, right? Like I sometimes will write like short stories. Um, then those ones I usually will try to outline just because it can get a little bit murky in the details if I'm not trying to be intentional. Um, and I'm always glad to have like a, quite a few friends that are either writers themselves or are willing editors that I can just send stuff to, and they'll just be like, "Hey, right? Like I'm gonna chop these two paragraphs because it kind of take us." in another direction um but I, I but i'm a firm believer in kind of like using all of them so I'll, i will outline i free write all the time and word vomit on the page um and sometimes i'll like if i if it's um for like songs but like for, for like some like things where it's thematic i will sometimes do a mind map you know like oh oh like literally oh like high school so i'm gonna draw the circle and go butterfly in the middle go caterpillar <laughs> transformation like transition change growth like and I'll write all of those things there and then try to like sort of mind map it in that way and other times I will um just try to free write and go what is this crazy like turd that I've like shot shot out <laughs> let me try to sort through and dig through where are the nutrients what are the things that I actually needed from this and now use that to form my outline and now I will write again um, with those I have never heard such a beautiful metaphor in my I life. I was just going to say that. It's like the perfect <laughs> analogy. You have to sort through the shit, you know, when you first write something. I mean, it's something that you said before is like, you know, when we were talking about like perfectionism, you know, when you first do something, when you first start a project, it's probably not going to be good for anybody, you know, and you, that's why collaboration is so important. 
and just keeping with it, being brave and to like sort through the shit, you know, because there's always something great in everything anybody makes, you know, anyone in the world. So that's a perfect analogy. I love that. All right. So now I guess I want to know what is something you just watched and what made it good or bad? Oh, oh my God. I love that you all are nerds like me because I <laughs> obsessed with like, I like compelling characters and I'm also a very huge nerd. So comics, anime, the whole bit, right? Like I'll yes. like, yes, I will read your independent graphic novel about a gender non-conforming person that is trying to navigate which bathroom to go into, like, right? Like, I, like, of course I'm going to read it. So right now I just finished an anime called Black Clover. Um, and so, right, like, uh, the premise of it is like, it's like this magical world in which everybody um, has some sort of magical power. Um, and it's the main character, right? Like the protagonist, Asta, was the only one in their society who was born without magic. Um, and at the age of 15, they're all rewarded their grimoire, like their spell book, um, okay. which just shows that like now they are el like eligible to start like trying to um, train themselves in magic. Um, and he got like a special one that is an anti-magic spell book. And so, whereas everybody thought, oh, look at you, you don't have magic, you're gonna be messed up. He has this anti-magic sword that comes out of his spell book and literally is upsetting the whole world, like changing how they think about it. And it, because also, right, like in their society, then you're ranked and judged by how much magic you have. Um, so the people with the most magic are like wealthy and are wonderful and revered by society. And the people that have letter, like less magic live on the outskirts of their kingdom. And they are like, they literally, the, the, um, the area of their kingdom is called the Forsaken Realm. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's really harsh, um, but it's so wonderful. And this character, Asta, is just really endearing. And his whole, like, his whole mantra throughout is like, it doesn't matter where you're from or how much like money you have or how much magic you have. Like if you work hard enough and you believe in yourself, you can, you can do something amazing, right? Like, and so it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I, I, I love it. I literally, in two weeks, I have binged 141 episodes of this show. You did. <laughs> what an interesting concept, though, to, like, um, relate the idea of, like, good and bad magic to, like, being rich and poor in our society now. And that it's treated, like, the same. If you have good powers, things are better for you. You get better yeah. jobs. You get better life. And if you're just stuck with shitty powers you know, then you're screwed. And uh, so, wow, that's like pointy. I love that. Wait, what's it called? Black Clover? I'm like, right. Yes. Uh, yes. It's, I like, I love it. I'll send you all links for where you can watch it. Cause it's, but it's, I really enjoy it. And I think that the creators of it are very intentional. I think sometimes we're like, um, what, and this is the nerd in me wanting to defend anime too, right? Like sometimes people will think that because shows are animated that they are for children or or that like they might have, you know, more sort of superficial or just kind of kitty right. themes that I've nobody can relate really to. I've really been trying to fight for my like school's screenwriting programs to take anime or animation in general, like a little bit more seriously and like think about there's a structure that goes into writing them. It's not random. Oh, it's never random. And it's probably like, what's crazy is right. Like we have some, right. Like I, I complain all the time about just that. I don't think in terms of television writing, we don't need another cop drama. We don't need another, we don't need another like, like emergency responder TV show, right? Like we've got like <laughs> Chicago PD, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, New York Med, like Rescue 911, Law and Order, Law and Order SBU, Law and Order CSI. Like oh, we get it, right? Like I get it, but like, my God. There are so many other ideas out there in the world. Like, I don't want to see another cop show, serious and gritty, or buddy comedy, right? Like, it's fine. Hmm. We've got enough. We're full up. Let's give something else. But somehow, because these shows, like, some of them are animated, people discount them all the time. I, I made a huge claim. I'm so glad that eventually it ended up on Netflix. But I have been clamoring about Avatar The Last Airbender for years, like, caping about how it's so yes. great. 
And it was like, it was wonderful writing and these compelling characters dealing with very complex ideas around war and around destiny and around being able to align yourself with what you thought was right, regardless of where you were born, because that's kind of what Zuko was wrestling with and sort of like where Uncle Iroh was coaching him. But we have like, it's just like, so I love it. And I love animated things because I think that they are able a lot of times also like from a visual perspective to give you something that like, you can't necessarily do unless you have a gajillion dollars and like unlimited time and like like there's like we're gonna make a dragon fly into a volcano like here you go you're welcome right like right no I've I'm so thrilled that you have such a passion for this because I mean likewise and I, I didn't expect to be talking about anime today but you guys probably <laughs> won't see me for like another month because I'll just be watching Black clover like crazy yes. that sounds amazing and also like animation like you're saying could be just as good as any live action like why just because it's animated it's drawn it's i think people have like fear of like like the japanese culture like it's so mm. other in americans eyes at times that they just can't like accept that they have great storytellers <laughs> That's but like, like how miyazaki should like be able to debunk so many of those things because right like everything from you know, like How's Flying Castle to uh, Princess Mononoke or like Spirited Away or um, like any of them, right? Like we have so many, and right, like we, it's weird, right? Because Disney movies are so important to all of our childhoods, right? Like so much so, they were like, we're gonna cash in and remake all of them live action. No, no girl, leave them animated. Like that's what we liked about it. Like you, you. you solidified this whole catalog in the vault with the animated films and now you're like, no, but we have to make them live action or CGI. And I like, you can go back and let them sing and, and give us these important messages again. Yeah. And you can make them less problematic, right? We can, right, we can give women full personalities and no prints to save them. Like, how about that, Disney? How about it? Yeah, yeah. I feel like they attempted that with Mulan. Yes, yeah, but like, I, ha I haven't seen it. I, 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 I saw it I and I gotta either. say, I really enjoyed it. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, I went in like very skeptical, and then I left. It was like tearing up. <laughs> so like, everything that Malcolm just said, Victoria, you're like, um, well, the live action was no, so no. good. <laughs> I, well, no, 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 but that's great because I, because I too am skeptical. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, isn't Shang not in it? And it Shang was like, not in it. Um, that was what gave me. I was like, no, no, like it was the whole thing about her getting respected by the like the highest shit. I was like, but I so. I'm gonna go see it because I I will not speak. I I promise you that it's not like the way that they remade like Lion King or something where it was just like shot for shot the same story. Um, I because I do agree that it's such a cash grab and I think that they're trying to find a way to reintroduce children to this so that they'll go out and then buy the animated ones on top of like giving them revenue so it's a smart business strategy but like let's face it without changing the narrative without like you said empowering the people that were kind of like shuffled to the side in the animated ones what's the point mm. See, that like that inspires me to want to go watch it because I you know I before you know we were in like quarantine I had been watching all of them right like regardless of how I even felt about the originals and just because I was like I want to see but it was like Beauty and the Beast was pretty close to the original. Aladdin, mm -hmm. pretty close mm -hmm. to the original. Mm -hmm. Lion King, pretty close to the original. And I was just like, how many more of these are you all going to, are you just going to keep reaching in the vault? We're going to dig up Sleeping Beauty. Then we'll yeah. put Snow White. And they'll just be like, here you go. Because we got another Into the Woods. And I was just like, hey, I didn't mm -hmm. really need, no, no. We are, like the 1987 version is perfect. It's fine. Leave it alone. Like, right. I love Anna Kendricks. I know she can sing her face off, but I don't need her to sing her face off in this one. Right? Like, we've got Pitch Perfect. It's fine. Fine. Yeah, let's create new musicals, new stories. I mean, there's writers out there with great stories. Let's tell them. Let's not just, but I get it from like a producer you know, perspective. It's like, you know, you want to make money and they know it's an instant, you know, a couple million dollars in the bank to do it, which this is, sucks, yeah. but you know. But like, like, that's why I was saying, right, like that capitalism shouldn't drive like innovation, right? Like we can't be like, oh, because there's a built-in market for it that's what we should make right like there's a new like things that are new different and have their own niche will bring in new markets across so many generations like that's how these got to the table in the first place right people weren't checking for a singing animated film for your children and or you like that was you know in the 70s and 80s that was like 
what? That doesn't see like that's going to be profitable. And then it was. So, right, like, let's try something else different and new and try to reimagine stories and bring in mm -hmm. other ones if the same old dudes that have been making stuff. Like, I love Howard and, um, and Mencken, right? Like, they're great. But, like, there are other composers out there. Like, there are a million of them. You know, like, let's give something else. Here. Like, I, I get it. You, you are really good at orchestrating with strings. Bravo. I'm very happy for it. But, like, give somebody else a chance. Like, and just let us listen to your old recordings. And the young people, you know, the people that are in school right now, the people who are at home, you know, writing mm -hmm. and, and uh, making music. Let's get them on a pedestal for once, too. And, you know, because they, yeah. Yeah, what I about, like... What about like two girls who are like making a podcast where they just <laughs> vomit ideas out? Like, yeah, what about us? Where's our money? Where's our paycheck? <laughs> no, no, no. In all seriousness, though, Malcolm did get to listen to the idea that we just, you know, share with all y'all. And uh, what did you think? I enjoyed it, right? Like, I actually, so I'm thinking, right, like, I, I, I like this idea of like this coming of age story and this young man that is here going underground, right? Like finding stuff. Like I, I think there are so many things in it, right? Like I was like, let's keep it completely in the fantasy world, right? Like we can stay there. I don't need Starbucks. I don't need any of these extra things. I just want to see how is this relationship going to develop with them, right? Like what sort of the exposition that led the bully to kind of being over here? Was he picking on him and he pushed him into this ground and it like, K's and hits the floor and it's like oh snap where are you going right like that I, I really enjoyed that and I like the idea of having sort of like intertwining like sentence starters um or lines into the dialogue because it makes me right as an actor think about like improv and so a lot of times right we'll have the same line and everybody's like if even if right, like that's a way to frame like your writer's workshop everybody goes where are you going and even if we all had the same context everybody seen would be completely different and now we give us like sort of sort of this this catalyst to create the entire world that surrounds that line and would be like right mom to her kid like right here who's like strolling in with muddy shoes where are you going right like it's like a little kid who's carrying his teddy and watching his mom with her briefcase walking out the door like where are you going right like here we are like you know like all of those things right like a kid running full sprint down this like the street barefoot as the ice cream truck which is like where are you going right like <laughs> right like you get all those images like immediately boom 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 so I was like I super here for it and I, I love the entire concept of being able to create scenes in that way thank you uh, and thanks. also just as like a last question too because I have a tendency of doing this where it's hard for me to just write because I know the genre is slice of life and that's very daunting for me I don't know about Victoria but me personally just to write something that's totally like normal life and that's why we had like the twist of it being like a Starbucks in hell like to make it like like <laughs> kitschy but like you were saying before it's like you know if the characters are really good and it's super honest then you don't need that extra stuff I mean it's cool and it's fun but you know what it's, it's yeah. because like think about it this way right like for all of uh, and this is just my opinion right um a lot of what we enjoy or like a lot of the stories I enjoy is like, it's never really about the context in those ways, right? It's kind of about those interpersonal relationships, right? Like, so I'm watching Black Clover, but I'm not necessarily like, I love that they're in this magic realm and all that stuff, but I love it more because he's like, if you believe in yourself and work hard, you can do a thing, right? Like a million people watch Grey's Anatomy, not because they're going to med school or whatever, right? Like you just want to see like, hey, is Dr. Grey going to get McSteamy or McDreamy or whatever, right? Like it's, Bailey gonna hire her replacement right like you're looking at like all this stuff that's not that we're like that's why I just get tired of like these other like sort of the setup being the same because it's like really all we care about is going to be kind of these interpersonal relationships that are created between characters so whether that's charmed or that's Grey's Anatomy right like the reason why we came to it is the mundane stuff it's that like that conversation it's like between a bully where like the bully says I get scared sometimes too and your heart is like goes like oh like right like your heart breaks a little bit for him because now we have context for why he might be such a turd and you go like okay do better bully but also we don't hate you as much right it's why I never really hated Zuko in in um Avatar right I never really hated 
like a lot of the people like if, if it's a well-written show you don't oh like I don't hate Cersei I I love Cersei I love to hate her because I was like <laughs> She, like, here she is, and she blew up the set, and she was like, <laughs> she was just like, I'm just here, just, that was like, that was like, and you're like, oh, she's so terrible, but like, do it again, Cersei, right? <laughs> you have been rooting for her secretly, right? Like, because this yeah. is like the power of foreshadow since that whole walk of shame where they threw her at shame. <sighs> Shame, and he was just like, "Ooh, like even for Cersei, this is really uncomfortable, right? They yeah. throwing feces on you, and you are <sighs> butt naked, and everybody is just here spitting on you and spitting at you." And she, as soon as she got picked up by that resurrected zombie mutant mountain, and she like gave this like little hint of a smile. You're just like, "Oh, she's gonna, <laughs> she's gonna get everybody, everybody, yeah, right?" We know she's one of the villains of the show, and still, we were just like, "You know what?" Can't really argue with you there, Cersei. You made points were made. <laughs> <laughs> points yeah, were actually, made. my like um, I forgot which writing professor. I don't know if it's the one that we have together, Victoria. But uh, they said something really awesome, um, awesome about characters and like caring about characters. It's like if if you write something and that character gets hit by a bus, like if the audience cries or it cheers, depending on what kind of character they are, if they have like a reaction to it, then you did a good job writing the character. If they're just like, eh, whatever, then it's a bad character. And so exactly what you're saying, like villains, you know, don't know that they're villains. You think they think they're good. So, you know, it, to have such a complex villain, someone that we're kind of rooting for, but not, and we understand their mistakes. Me, is I mean, so like, important. because nobody is just one thing. You know what exactly. I mean? Right. Multi-dimensional yeah. characters are where it's at. If you just have like a mustache twirling villain, like <laughs> oh. we've all seen Scooby Doo, okay? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I love the I love that kind of character. You know, like oh, you can make him complex. He's got like you know, uh, he's going through a divorce or something. Yeah, like he's trying to get custody of his child. But yeah, see, we don't know. That's <laughs> not that's not his mustache twirling. That's his slice of life, just like what we're going into. You know, that's we're his defense mechanism in order to feel better. He's just like oh. You know, that's no, no. good by twirling his mustache. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Malcolm. This has been a wonderful conversation. You're just like a bright ray of sunshine uh, through the Zoom and on this like gloomy morning in LA. So thank you so much. And I just hope everything is going well for you over in Atlanta. And I, uh, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, obviously everything that Malcolm is doing, everything, which is He's doing everything. He's doing we'll a be, lot. He's literally doing everything. We'll be on our, on our website, his blog, links, uh, everything. Please check him out on our website, youngwillingeagerpod.com. Um, follow him on social media. We'll have his handles on there as well. And uh, again, just thank you, thank you so you, much Malcolm. for having thank me. You. Of course. I miss you. I miss our talks. I miss you too. I know. We just have to like, we have to just run it up. We'll just have a million more.